And we're back, we're back, we're back. Once again, it is Be, be Well, Beloved Wednesday, and I am your co-host, Sedan Long. And before we get started, let's introduce our host. Here's Country. Hey, y'all. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. That's how you feeling today? Yeah, hey, hey. Hey, y'all. Smoking on some hey, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> what's up what's up so how's today so far what's going on today's good been up since 5 30 um working on my three wins every day been consistently getting my three wins so what's your three wins let's hear okay well we need a writing win every day we need a diet win every day and we need an exercise win every day so Every day, at the end of the day, what I do is I figure out where I gain ground. Mm-hmm. So this morning, um, wrote another blog, reached out to some guys that I partnered with on some website <laughs> stuff to get my URLs and all that stuff in line. So my blogs do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, got my, my workout in, took my weighted balls out today. Weighted balls, I know. <laughs> but they're actually really like three-pound balls. Um, so I got my mind. What do you do with those? Um, I played a game today, which almost killed me. So every time I see a car, I raise my arm. So at first it was kind of cool because you're like one car here, one car there. (laughs) But man, uh, yeah, traffic got a little heavy. (laughs) (laughs) So that up down was real. Just, you know, just little games to play with myself so I don't get bored, try to switch it up, you know, hit some different muscle groups. Okay. That's what's up. So today, um, I just wanted to talk on kindness. I figured um, if we had certain words, you know, to focus on, then that'll carry us further. And so you added nice, right? Right. So mm-hmm. we have nice versus kind. And what does that look like? But first, though, I wanted to ask you because we did another podcast where I asked my siblings and, and Polo, um, what does purpose mean to you? What do you feel like your purpose is? And so I kind of wanted to touch that first. And then let's move into kindness versus niceness. Okay. Um, What does purpose mean to me? I think for me personally, my purpose is really centered around my gifts. Um, Before I really understood that I had certain gifts that everybody didn't have, you know. um, Like what? Well, I have a unique ability to turn ideas into income. Um, have unique ability to understand and empathize. Um, so like those are two things that I really don't always see in other people. Like a lot of times when I'm with my friends or with clients or, you know, I'm just with people I used to work with. It's like they never really had the ability to to look at other people and say, man, that must be hard. You know, and that's what I feel like empathy is for me. So part of my purpose is always been to 
be kind of the bridge between haves and have nots. Um, just because I think a lot of times both sides of the the tracks, so to speak, they disrespectful toward each other because they don't understand each other. You know, like you'll hear people say, Oh, well, hello, you are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? You went away. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. So now you okay. gotta go back to the other side of the tracks. <clears throat> I feel like that everybody looks at the other side of the tracks and, and, and wants them to do things and wants them to to have things that really not possible sometimes because you don't understand. You know, like when I was at work, you know, in the education field, you know, the, the advisors were always coming at the students like, you need to get your life together. And I would always be like, but you don't realize how hard their life is. And this is the best that they could do. And some of these things that you might not have to deal with they have to deal with like you might have healthy parents who are gainfully employed they might be taking care of their mama or their grandmama you know you might have had the opportunity to go to a good school you might have had the opportunity to get a car you know not really understanding you know things like classism and racism i think a lot of times people can think it's easier for that other person than it really is you know and then the vice versa you know a lot of times people think money fixes everything or that because you have money, your life is easy. Mm -hmm. So because I've been blessed to be on both sides of the street and get to have real conversations with real people, I'm an advocate for both sides. You know, sometimes I'm the advocate, you know, for people who are um, well off to people who aren't well off because it's like you can't help everybody. You know, and sometimes they don't know who to help because when you have money, everybody lying to you. You know, so it's difficult when you have success because now everybody overpromises, everybody over-exaggerates, and you get burned a lot. You know, I mean, I have friends that have given people jobs and they stole from them. And the main reason they were stealing from them was because they felt like, hey, you got it. You ain't going to miss it. But it still hurts. So mm -hmm. I feel like my purpose a lot of times is to, to be the bridge and to be the gap and bring people together. When I wrote the book, one of the first things I said, that church was the only place that an unemployed man and a CEO could sit on equal ground. You know, because now they're not there in their titles or their positions. They're there because their love of God. So, like, that's for me how I look at it. And I think that whatever your purpose is, it lines up with your gifts. You know, it lines up with the things that upset you, the things that hurt your heart. You know, I know you're, one of your main things is, is women. And you can hear it in your voice that when you see women who are dealing with, um, you know, trauma, women who are dealing with divorce, women who are dealing with economic issues, that it hurts your heart. You know, so the thing that bothers you is the thing that realistically, I think that you built to fix. Mm -hmm. So what were the guys saying? Were they saying something different? What were they saying? No, kind of along the same thing. You know, everybody is different. And, you know, I thought Keon was very, um, I got to find the right word for it. But he was very authentic, right? And it was more so, he kind of was just like, you know, I think my purpose is kind of about me, mm -hmm. you know? And for somebody that was on the outside looking in, they probably would have called him selfish, but then you had Jeremy and Polo and Jamal. Like, no, you make people laugh. You always there to help out. 
So your purpose is far bigger than yourself. You know, it might seem like that's how it is. You teach, you lead, you you do so much, you know. But when people don't look at themselves in that light, mm -hmm. that's what you get, right. you know. So, well, and one yeah. more thing to add to that is when you do what you're supposed to do, it opens up doors for other people. So when you're yeah. walking in your purpose, now you're able to pour into somebody, inspire into somebody, be generous to somebody, be kind to someone, you know, to lead us into, you know, today's discussion that you wouldn't have been otherwise able to do because now you're not operating from lack. You're not operating from, from some place of, of not enough because you've done what you were supposed to do. So now you have that extra money to sometimes give to causes that you wouldn't otherwise be able to give to. You have that extra information or that extra connection to make a phone call or that extra influence to get people to do stuff that they wouldn't otherwise do because you walked into your purpose. And sometimes your purpose might just be the block for the next one. So what do you suggest for some people who say, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm still looking for it. Well, um, I think the first thing is just to figure out what makes you mad. You know, what pisses you off? <laughs> because for me, I hate it. Seeing, like, even now, you know, I hate seeing business owners. And I use business owners because that's why I spend 98% of my day. Um, I hate seeing them go through things that affect their bottom line in a negative way because they didn't know. You know, I felt the same way when I was in education, when I saw students get railroaded or bullied into programs they didn't want to be in because I knew that that was going to affect their family. I'm like, if you do if these kinds of, of setbacks could set you back a decade. These kinds of setbacks could cause you to commit suicide. These kinds of setbacks could put you in a position to have a divorce. So even though the the change of career came, it's still me protecting people. You know, mm -hmm. so whatever makes you burn you up. You know, when I was in the church, I hated to see people, you know, get manipulated, you know, with all of these, you know, prayer cloths and I decree this over that and then not see any fruit. Cause I felt like sometimes people were being manipulated. You know, so again, what burns you up? What makes you mad? What is the thing that you're passionate about? And then start understanding it, understand why it makes you mad, understand why, you know, you're frustrated by it. understand the impact that it's having on people's lives. And then you can kind of start to figure out what your next step is, because it's all about supply and demand. You know, if the marketplace or if the community has a need that you're uniquely built to fill, then there's your purpose right there. You know, like there are people in my community, I hate seeing hungry kids. So now your purpose might be you know, to figure out a way to partner with people to feed kids after school. You know, it might be a non-for-profit. Um, it might be, you know, I hate, you know, the fact that people overcharge seniors to go to the grocery store. So now you might develop a little gypsy cab business and, and shop with the seniors. <laughs> I mean, whatever whatever makes you mad. I mean, one of my um, good friends and, and I guess kind of clients, you know, you know, he runs the Family Life Center in Gary, Indiana. He hates the way people treat seniors. So he opened a non-for-profit and he does meals on wheels for seniors. You know, among other things, but that's his primary passion. 
It's like, I want to make sure my seniors and my homeless people eat every day. I want them to have meals. I want them to have dignity. So you figure out what makes you mad. And then you figure out how not to be so mad about it by doing something about it. Mm -hmm. All right. So that leads us into being nice and being kind. All right. So... (laughs) Well, it is a difference. And for me, I feel as though to be kind, you're losing yourself. You're compassionate, Mm. right? You're empathetic. I feel like when somebody being nice to me, it's usually what do you want? Like, what can you gain from it? You're trying to pour on your charm. You're trying to finesse me out of something, right? right? To be kind, if you weren't kind, then you feel convicted in your heart. Your heart tells you, hey, that wasn't right. But if you're just being nice, people don't care about being nice, right? Because you get something to gain from it. What you think about that? Oh, absolutely. Um, like I have an acronym for nice. It's no intimacy, caring, or empathy. Yeah. Um, like you say, nice is, is a person's way to, um, at least in my opinion, get what they want. And typically you could tell when somebody's being nice to you because if they don't get what they want, then Adios. <laughs> and they start bringing it up and they get very mad. And, you know, I mean, you see the ladies, if you're listening, you know, man, take you out, eat and show you a good time. Then at the end of the night, you don't give them none. Now you, you all type of names, you're tease, you you know, you know the words. I ain't got to go there. You know, um, you see it a lot from women, you know, women are very catering and very nurturing, you know, until they find out the man don't want to marry him or he don't want to be in a relationship. But then all of a sudden, all that nurturing goes away. You know, I think it kind of stems when we were kids, you know, we would, you know, kind of put on that voice with mama or daddy in some cases, not all. Cause I mean, everybody's household is different, but you know, a lot of times you see daddy or mom, come on, mom. You mm-hmm. know, like, that's kind of nice to me. You know, it's looking for a way to manipulate you into giving a person what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind to me is just like, hey, man, I see a need. This is wrong. I believe that it's wrong, and I'm going to do something about it and ask for nothing in return. You know, I'm going to cut a check, and I ain't going to even, you know, tell nobody I cut it. You know, I'm going to go and pick this stuff up off the ground, put it in a trash can, and I ain't got to post on Facebook to do it. You know, and that's just the difference. I mean, I feel like kind is where we need to live because that's where God lives. That's where God is at. That's right. You know, like God not looking at us going, okay, I'm going to bless you, but I need you to, <laughs> you know, he gives abundantly and exceedingly above all you can think, do or ask because that's his character. Yeah, That's who he is. That's how he identifies himself. You know, the word says, bring it to my remembrance. You know, it's like, if I said it, I meant it. You know, I'm keeping my word. You know, whereas, you know, people who are nice, you know, sometimes they nice, sometimes they not nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and it changes with the wind but i really think for you know my people at home if you do something for a man or a woman with the express expectation for them to do something for you some type of queer pro quo you setting yourself up to be disappointed number one and number two don't expect them to have any type of sympathy for you and don't try to paint yourself as the victim mm-hmm because you did it because you was hoping to get what you wanted. It just didn't work out. So don't then come back and say, you know, you were used, you were taken advantage of, you know, because 
you did it willingly thinking that I'm going to get what I want. And in reality, you wouldn't feel used to taking advantage of if you would have gotten what you want. I mean, I think a lot of people are walking around and they're stuck because they just won't take accountability and be honest with themselves and say, yeah, I was on some BS. I was bogus. And it didn't work. Yeah. I mean, we see it a lot, you know, with our with our kids. You know, it's like we're supposed to be friends. I'm like, well, if they're your friend, then you take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's any relationship. It's going to be some good and some bad. But if it's only I'm going to do something for you, I'm going to be a friend to you when you're doing what I want you to do, then we're really not friends. No. So so how do you how do you think like you think we raise our kids that way to, to be nice? Or is that just something you kind of figure out works for you, you know, as you as you're growing up and then you just kind of adopt it as, as a manipulative style in some cases? I raise all of my children to be kind, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll take this little one, for example, um, because I'm a hugger, mm-hmm. right? And you feel the energies of a person through a hug. Right. And so as he became older, I had to teach him about space. Right. Mm-hmm. So we went from greeting and be kind, you know, and walk with your heart to well, when you get in certain situations, now you have to create space mm-hmm. because everybody don't allow you in their space. Right. So then it turned into, well, why not? Right. And so we had, to, I had to um, keep kindness at the forefront, but add some things to it mm-hmm. so that he can learn to play out scenarios and different feelings of energy and things like that. Right. Um, I believe that niceness kind of pairs with it because I can be not so nice mm-hmm. or I can be nice, nice, right? Depending on the energy you're projecting towards me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to teach them how to identify with that because yes, you can be loving and kind, right? In mm-hmm. all things, but how is that receiver? Right. And so if that receiver is projecting off the wrong stuff, you can stand up for yourself or you can turn around and go the other way, you know? And so we are taught, you know, these different things as children. Um, I think a lot of households growing up, we were more so taught the nice, not so nice part of life because of the backgrounds and the upbringing. Mm -hmm. You wasn't really taught to be kind, but I do feel like kindness is sketched in your heart, right? Because if you're not kind, you again, you feel convicted. And to be kind is just gestures, right? Mm-hmm. It's a smile, nice words, doing something that, uh, you know, a surprise type thing, making people feel all warm and mushy on the inside, making them feel emotions and stuff that they haven't unboxed in a while, right? Right. Well, two things, because like we talk about kids, you know, to go back to Xander for a second, I think that kids are kind. I think, you know, when you see kids and they have like candy or they have a cookie or they have whatever and, you know, 
they will are kind right. until the and, world is exactly. introduced to them. Absolutely. And that's what I was getting at, that we we kind of, in you know, a lot of our communities, we kind of love the kindness out of them or cook the, cook the kindness out of them. I'm not really sure what the word is, you know, because, you know, don't give away all your stuff or, you know, it's like we teach them to to weaponize it. You know, we, we show them how to manipulate daddy. You know, go ask your daddy, you know, daddy, you know, or we teach them to withhold. You know, um, you know, I used to always talk about, you know, how we set our young girls up for failure. You know, it's like you in the hair, you in the kitchen, they pressing hair and, you know, the auntie talking about, well, you know, don't get you nobody who can't do nothing for you. So now you're telling the 13, 14 year old girl, don't get somebody who can't do anything for you. And then that 13, 14 year old girl gets a boyfriend who buys her stuff and thinks that that's love. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, a few hairdos and nails later, if they still doing hair and nails, I don't know. I'm, I'm showing my age with that. Um, now he get what he want and then he don't fool with you no more. Or now, you know, you get pregnant and now, you know, things change, but you thought you had the one because he was doing stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Only to find out that that stuff didn't mean nothing to him. Well, but then it teaches them about themselves as well, that they really don't know what they want because they were told that this is what they should have versus Mm -hmm. what do they really want. And that leaves a lot of women misconstrued because here I am going off of what my mama and my auntie them told me versus what I told myself. You know, so then you don't really know what love is. You don't really know what, you know, partnership is. You don't really know what it is to be in a family because all of these women were nine times out of 10 single ladies of the night, right? (laughs) And the ones that did have families didn't really disclose what was going on in the house. So we were taught to get in it, but we weren't taught how to stick with it. We didn't hear all of the stories and different things like that that kept them together. We didn't hear those until people was at the funerals and on the deathbed. Absolutely. But I think these things at this point, you know, we have to be more transparent with our children and say, hey, you know, just like when they told you when you were a kid, you know, don't take candy from strangers. It's like, hey, don't take gifts from men or women that you don't really want to be with. You know, because if they, if you take these gifts, there's going to be an expectation on your side and there's going to be an expectation on his side. Mm-hmm. So don't get your hopes up because he bought you something, you know. Don't get your hopes up, you know, fellas, and think that, you know, she really rocking with you, you know, because you taking her out, you know, because what you may find out is that she just taking the gifts and she's not, you know, any closer to loving on you or loving you as the giver. You know, I think that nice stuff gets out of hand. And and for people who are doing it, it backfires. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you don't want to 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 do whatever it is that you're doing, don't do it. You know, have some integrity and some morals about yourself. You know, be able to say, hey, I'm going to be all right. Because if you do it under the guise of, well, I was being nice. And then now that person isn't able to pay you your money back. 
what you're gonna be mad at them you're gonna go beat them up you're gonna go on social media and and, and tell all their business brag them right. you know when you didn't want to say yes in the first place you know so if your heart is saying yeah i'm gonna turn this date down or i'm gonna turn this drink down then turn it down you know if if your heart is saying yeah this is this is a bigger ask than i can can handle say no you know because a lot of us get caught up in people pleasing mm-hmm. you know people pleasing and pats on the back and then when they go left ain't nobody tell you to do that i ain't tell you to do that <laughs> i didn't ask you to do that so if you can't give the gift you know and just walk away don't give it you know i remember um I don't know who I'm gonna get credit to for this. I want to say, you know, it was you know one of my family members who told me, you know, don't loan money that you need back. You know, if if a person wants two hundred fifty dollars and you can give them two twenty that you never want or ask them back for again, then give them the twenty five, and then they just got to figure out how to borrow. You know, the other two. Well, and that's biblical. You know, it's there. You don't give it expecting it back when you give you're supposed to just give it now you know a lot of people say well it all depends on the verbiage right so if somebody telling me to borrow that changed their game because i was just giving it to them but they said borrow you know right <laughs> but do understand you know shout out to the homie ran you know my homie ran was like hey if a person can't pay last month's rent and it's almost this month's rent the first money they get going on their rent, not paying you back for the rent that they missed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're giving them the money, you no, know, you're giving them the money. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it don't come back to you. It just don't come back to you, you know, but also, you know, I'll, I'll share some of my own testimony. You know, I did something like that before and, you know, God bless me. You know, I remember sitting in church and God was like, you're going to hear from her. And I expected that meant that was going to get my money. Mm-mm. wrote me a letter cussing me clean out and then i got mm-hmm. checked from the irs that i didn't expect to get in the same mailbox on the same day so trust and believe that you know god does um see what's going on and he will make adjustments on your behalf mm-hmm. but save yourself some some frustration and anger and just say hey if i ain't got it i ain't giving it or if i'm giving it then i ain't I ain't looking for it to come back. If it do, that's great. If it don't, oh well. Yeah. Because anything between that and and God, God's gonna see it, you know. But if mm-hmm. you frustrating you, that ain't that's you frustrating you. That ain't the devil. That ain't nobody else. That's you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. And if you're doing it for people to like you, they're gonna take your stuff, and they're gonna like the stuff you do. But you are not your stuff and you are not what you do. So at what point do they ever get to see or know you? And if they only like you because of what you're doing, what happens when you can't do it no more? If you can't keep, you know, giving her a ride to work, is she still going to be a friend? And do you really want a friend that's only your friend because you're giving her a ride to work? That's so crazy because that's where these young kids are right now. Right. You know, as long as we can party and, you know, get high and drunk and and trips and 
run our credit up, then that's it. But when life happens for real, you find out that you're out there by yourself. You know, them people really don't have you. They was just being nice to you in the moment because they were wanting something from you. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, people are nice because they usually want something in return. Some money, some sex, some drugs, some something. Right. A ride, some attention. Right. But here's the, and, and tell me if you disagree, but here's the thing that I find most disappointing. Them same people that's nice to you and taking your stuff is going to be the same people talking about you behind your back and calling you stupid. Oh, yeah. Dragging you once again. But, like, we got to say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Pretty much. You know, so for people listening at home, I mean, you really have to to say, okay, am I willing to go on the backside of Egypt for a minute, you know, to clean up my life and clean up my situation and, and kind of cut some people off? You know, um, I don't remember which podcast it was, um, but I was talking about my 43-year-old self. And my 43-year-old self had to cut some people off so that my 51-year-old self could enjoy the life he has now. You know, so, yeah, in the short term, cutting them people off, it might hurt. But you know, in the long run, you might be able to then meet some new people or um, redirect some of your finances or, you know, redirect some of your time and energy toward, mm-hmm. towards your purpose. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, it could be the people around you who are keeping you from fulfilling your purpose. You know, because instead of you going back to school or, or applying for new jobs, you out partying and giving people rides. You know, instead of you stacking your bread, you know, so that you can move to a city where the, you know, the jobs are more plentiful, you out giving people rides and, you know, loaning people money and and hurting yourself in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of us, you know, have good intentions on paying you back. And I'm not saying that they don't, but at the end of the day is what you can live with. You know, and that you're not obligated. You're not obligated to take them to work. You're not obligated to let them live with you. You're not obligated, you know, to put up with stuff that ultimately is making you sick. You you got a person in your life that's got you crying and complaining every day. You need to let that person find a new life to live, to, to terrorize. You know, I mean, we see it all the time. Like you say, we went to high school together. You know, that's my friend. But are they really? Mm-hmm. Would your friend really treat you like this? Yeah, will your friend really? That's a great question. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Will your friend really treat you like this? Is your friend really going to talk stupid to you and down you and drag you and use you, you know, and abuse you? Or are they going to support you and uplift you and give you the truth? Right. You know, and the truth hurts. But coming from a friend, it feels a little better. I'd rather get it from my friend than the person that don't know me, you right. know. That's judging me. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, like we talk about these kids, like you see kids, you know, they put everything on hold for their so-called friends. And it's like now you late for work and they fire you. And it's like you need well, your to car broke down. Right. And now you ain't got a rap. Right. 
and they can't, you know, scrounge up a couple dollars to help you get it fixed or nothing. You know, but somewhere in there, you had it in the back of your mind. You had a pain in your side that was like, I need to quit doing this. And if you feel in that pain, honor that pain, you know, honor that twitch, you know, that funny feeling that's like, man, every time I do this, I feel bad. You know, because users, you know, they're going to come up with a hundred reasons why they're not using you. <laughs> you know, when it, you know, when it's your, when it's your turn, I'm going to have your back. I'm like, eh, but you don't have no job. So when it's my turn, how you going to have my back? Right. You know, I get what you're saying. And, you know, if it ever comes to it, you got me. But all you do is smoke weed and party. But you ain't never got me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I always got you. And you're not doing nothing in return. You're making me fake promises that you're going to do, but it just never happened. <laughs> so now I'm supposed to keep pouring into you, but you skip over me when it's your turn to do it. Oh, and that's, that's, that's not good, huh? And that's the worst part. The time they went out without you. <laughs> yeah. Like you got a ride for you, but you couldn't get a ride for me. Oh. Yeah, now everything is secret. Right. No, That's I... not nice. <laughs> friend really? Would a friend really go out, you know, and and have a good time and did not tell you and then you find out on the ground? We got secrets. Yeah. Your friend got some new friends now. <laughs> so but yeah, you, yeah. you can't be a part of that group. Now that's my other friends. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in every relationship, there has to be some reciprocity. That's just the truth of the matter. You know, there has to be something that you gain from it. You know, it doesn't always have to be monetary, you know, but there has to be something because there are some people, you know, just their spirit and their encouragement means a lot. And other people don't have that same type of spirit and encouragement in their lives in any other way. So to them, that's better than their money. Like I give some of my, you know, money, you know, because I like being around you. You know, I give some of you know my food stamps or you know whatever I got. You know, my my stimulus check. You know, because you're pouring into them. You know, but they have to want to do something for you because you do stuff for people you care about. No. I think my advice to somebody would just be, you know, to gauge your audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gauge your audience, and know like who you are around if they're takers you know just draining from you then you have to figure it out it's okay to cut people off because at the end of the day you have to focus on you what your goals are what's going to benefit you long term versus this temporary happiness that everybody is creating right now um you have a dream that you want to achieve, then you have to put in that time. But as long as your phone ringing, somebody begging, you know, whatever the situation is, they're taking and pulling from you. So you'll never get those goals accomplished that you're, you're trying to do. And even like if you seclude yourself for a while, all of those people are still going to try to come to you. So eventually you have to learn the word no. Yeah. And you teach people how to treat you. I mean, it goes back to, to actually how we started this off. You're like, well, what am I up to? I'm like, man, I'm out here trying to get my gains. 
you know. So because I'm trying to get my gains, you know, that means I got to mute some of these phone calls. That means I got to, you know, compartmentalize and break some of this stuff down to the point where it fits in a certain window. So, yeah, I'm just not as accessible to people as I normally am because I'm focused on some other stuff. And once you start to get focused on your other stuff, yeah, they're going to hate in the beginning. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you exactly how it go. In the beginning, they're going to hate. Oh, you think you're better than everybody else? Oh, you yo, you going back to school? Oh, you trying to lose weight? Whatever your thing is, they're they going to hate on it because now they don't have access to you. And then they're going to go from hating on you to talking about you behind your back. Yeah, she didn't change. She don't hang out with us no more. She too good. But then as soon as whatever you do work, <laughs> then they Girl, what you do they gonna say what you was all time <laughs> yeah that was all me they was rocking with you the whole way ain't talked to you in eight months but now somebody saw you out and you looking good changes and you looking a little cute mm, yeah girl you know you know how we do you know that's my girl we stay in the gym mm, do we <laughs> i laugh at like people from school like, oh my God, Talisha, I'll be like, what? So, you ain't talk to me then. You damn sure ain't gonna talk to me now. And my favorite ones is like the all of the cuties from school, all of the jocks that was fine and now they fat and out of shape and looking <laughs> crazy. But you was hot, you know. What was that? Back then, you ain't want me. Now, now I'm hot, you all. Oh, okay, that part. Yeah, but, kill you with my kindness. Ain't nothing happening. All right, but be kind to yourself. You know, if you're gonna be kind to somebody, be kind to you. Be kind enough to you, you know, to to break free of this toxic stuff that's around you. You know, like cut the partying down a little bit. You know, cut the hanging out a little bit. You know, stop having the you know four hour you know phone sessions with people and they just crying and crying and whining about their life and you their therapist. You know, I mean. As soon as a person tells you that you're their therapist, you need to cut them, cut them down. If not, cut them out. <laughs> yeah. I ain't gonna tell you cut them out completely, but you definitely need to cut their time down because therapists get paid. You know, and if they're not paying you to be their therapist, then you just somebody giving away precious hours of time that you can't get back. Right. Yeah, you know, like don't have a hero complex. You know, and think that you know I'm really helping and really making a difference. No, you're not. They gonna do whatever they want to do, regardless of whether or not you tell them not to do it, whether or not that you, you know, come over there and sit with them. They still gonna do what they want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've made the comment on more than one occasion. You know, I'm like, you do know, you do know it's okay to go back to them if you want to. To my friends, and it's. I like, mean, they gotta figure it out for themselves. Yeah. You yeah. know, but it's only so much advice I'm giving. Right. It's only so much advice that I'm giving. Right. So wow, you know, you just tend to learn to, to be a good listening ear. Right. Um, because at this point in life, that's what a lot of people um want. Yeah. You know, your younger people. Yeah. They are more prone to some suggestions and solutions, but your older people at this point, they know what's happening, they know what's going on, they know how to fix they know. Right, you you so, knew you knew what it was when you started you messing with that man. married man. So yeah. why are you crying to me about it now? You knew he was married. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to keep it kind when I do it my dealings. Um, okay. I could be nice to a certain extent, 
but my niceness only goes so far if the receivers aren't, you know, receiving. And then it turns into something different. And so, um, but try takeaways for uh oh, go ahead. But try not to get, I mean, for people at home, you know, try not to to get to your whiffs in before you set a boundary, you know, because if you can do it while you still calm, you can do it while you still clear then you don't necessarily have to obliterate and destroy the relationship or that person. And you can kind of just gracefully slide out, so to speak. But if you wait till you completely frustrated and the card broke down and now you in a panic, you know, that's typically when it goes horrible. <laughs> so try to do it while you still are in a good space to where if you do want to hang out with them at some point down the line after your goals and, and things are met that you can, you know, and that is not something that a person will then blow up and create this big mess and this big argument, because I see way too much of that on social media. You know, we got all the way to the point where we fed up and then we go hard and we go ham and we drag somebody and now they dragging us. And now all the intimate details of our lives that they know about us mm-hmm. is all on the internet, you know, so try to do it while we still friends, you know, try to make it, you know, amicable and agreeable to the best of your ability and just set a boundary. You know, one thing that works for me is that this is not against you. This is for me. You know, I am not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just simply trying to lose a little weight and I can't keep going to the buffet with you. That's all. (laughs) You know, I can't keep talking to you because I got homework. That's all. You know, but don't get it, you know, to the point where, you know, it just becomes so overwhelming and frustrating that you're doing yourself bodily and mental harm. Mm-hmm. You know, and now your blood pressure is up and, you know, your anxiety is up and, you know, now you experience an embarrassment and shame because she didn't or he didn't outed you on some stuff that you was doing, you know, that maybe you didn't want people to know. You know, or they didn't lie on you and outed you on some stuff that, you didn't even do because when you get in the game of tip for tat, it, 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 it could get out of hand. Agree. Yeah, I agree. All right. Yeah. So what you got on these takeaways? <laughs> so as far as takeaways is concerned, um, I would just, you know, ask you all to figure out what your purpose is. I always feel like there is someone out there that needs you. You don't experience things to keep them to yourself. So even if it's just holding the door for somebody or giving somebody a high five or a nice smile or, you know, some kudos in there, that could be your purpose. It don't have to be something major. You know, we, we go looking for things that other people are doing, maybe saving lives and hero, you know, whatever mm-hmm. heroic thing that's going on. We look at it like, well, dang, is that my purpose to be like, no, like Keon said, my purpose is just to satisfy me, <laughs> you know, but he doing all these other things in place. So figure out what you're feeling on the inside and something good when he said, find out what makes you angry. And then do the opposite because maybe it's purpose in there. Stop trying to be people pleasing and patting people on the back. Kindness, we have to remember, is a selflessness. It's compassionate. It's a polite gesture 
a smile or nice words or unexpected things. Nice. I thought that was cool too. No intimacy, caring, or empathy. Nice can go two ways. And usually when somebody is being nice, it's because they are wanting something in return. So you have to always be mindful of the things that's going on around you. There are real forces out here, spiritual as well as what you can see. And so you have to be able to identify the motives of people. And on that note, my friends, if you hanging out with me, I'll hang out with you. Peace. Peace.